Welcome to the One Player Podcast, the show on solitaire board games. I'm your host, Albert, and this is episode 152. Oh my god, the lights, where'd they go? Julius, are you there? Yeah, well, I'm fine. I'm here. Everything's fine. Everything's fine. Whew. Well, that's a relief. Welcome back. How are you doing, Julius? I'm doing quite nicely, Albert. And you? Great. I had my uh, summer vacation. We went to the beach. We came back. That was fantastic. <laughs> uh, very classic. Mm-hmm. Very classic. Yeah, it, it was good. We sw- we swam in the ocean. We saw dolphins. I kayaked. That was fun. We saw more dolphins. Went- I don't actually know if I have a summer vacation. Oh, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. It's yeah. okay. We'll, we'll deal with that. All right. All right. So today we're talking about one game, and you probably guessed from the introduction, it is a four against the darkness. Oh, yeah. Just four against the darkness, Albert. Mm-hmm. A solitaire role-playing game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Four against the darkness. Sorry. Not four, four against you said darkness. said it again. Four against darkness, not the darkness. Yeah. You know, th- and this is why it's important to think about how people are going to say the name of your game when you make the <laughs> name of your game. Well, the, if everyone's going to say it wrong, it's going to make it awfully hard for the next person to find it. The problem is there's another RPG game called Alone Against the Dark. Actually, it's right. Yes. No, it's not darkness. It's dark, isn't it? Oh, it is dark. Here it is. Four Against Darkness or Alone Against the Dark. How confusing is that? Not very. It is to me. <laughs> Because one's four and one's alone. And one's dark and one's darkness. All for one and one for all. Yeah, and one's the and the other's... Not the. Yeah, totally confusing. <laughs> Nothing to like. So wait, Albert, which one were we talking about today? Again? We're talking about four against darkness. Oh, yeah, I just read it. Nailed it. <laughs> yep, but before we do that, we got a little bitty bit news. All right, so first up... In case anybody's interested, I am starting a non-gaming podcast. I have actually already started. It's called Pens on the Go. It's about my fountain pen hobby and my experience with that. Um, so if you want to look for it, it's pensonthego.podbean.com. Or just search for Pens on the Go. Maybe you'll find it. Maybe we'll even put a link in this one. Um, but it's me driving to work talking about pens. It's short, 10, 15-minute show every few weeks. So, yep. Albert, I'm so jealous. Yeah, you, you could. You have a second podcast. Yep, yeah, you could. You want to do one? I mean, you could call me on the way to work every morning. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> All right, I should start an Arkham Horror podcast. I spent I spent so much time on Arkham yeah. Horror. I should start an Arkham Horror podcast. Yeah, you should definitely do an Arkham Horror podcast. You play that game. <laughs> I, I, I play that game <laughs> a lot. I play that game an awful lot. <laughs> but then then I won't have time to play it if I have to do a podcast on it. <laughs> there is that, yes. Um, well, you know, fortunately, the, the big adventures only come out every six months or so, right? No. So, so you could do an episode, the, the big box expansions. One episode. I'm going to put that on this podcast next oh, time. Oh, okay. I don't, know. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I, had, I, I highly doubt that I have time for another podcast, the honest truth. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why I'm doing a 15-minute one because I, I got time for 15. <laughs> that's true. 15 minutes every two weeks, easy. And I'm driving to work already. I'm like I'm already doing something at the same time, so it's it's efficient. Nice. Yep. Efficiency is good. Yep. <laughs> you you are you are truly a Euro gamer. That's right. But to to stay on the subject of transportation, since we're talking about driving to work, let's talk about Kickstarter. 
Because there's actually a game on there. About driving to work? Well, about, about transportation. Snowdonia. That'd be a really weird theme, driving to work the game. <laughs> driving to work the game. Ooh, that'd be fun. <laughs> and, uh, driving home would be better. Truth. <laughs> Though when I lived in San Francisco, I loved driving to work. Oh my gosh, it was so nice. I would drive by Golden Gate Bridge every day and along the marina. And I was like, oh, this is so pretty. I love driving to work. It was great. <laughs> I've never enjoyed going to work that much before or again. <laughs> I'm glad my drive is only five minutes. Something to do with any of Oh, that. that's nice. Yeah. Yeah, mine Mine is not bad. Uh, when I'm taking my kids to school, my son, it takes me, uh, well, it's 45 minutes from, from my house to work. And I'll stop me at the school. Right now during summer break, it's much faster. Maybe it's 15 to 20 minutes. Coming home today was like a 12-minute drive. That was awesome. Anyway, you totally got us off, or I suppose I got us off tangent there. It's a there. team effort. Yes, we're talking about Snowdonia, the train game. Right? This is the game by Tony Boydell. It is a fantastic train game. We covered it way back in some other episode. Pre-Julius, so I covered it way back. Um, Probably three years ago now. Four. Oh, but it is on Kickstarter. I think I've been, think I've been here that long. I don't know. I don't remember. Um... I th- I don't remember what month you joined, but I, I remember playing it around Christmas time. I think I don't know. Not, let's find out. Okay, why not? Snowdonia. Oh, that's the last one I know. I took a note for seventy one. Then you joined, I think, in seventy four, seventy five. Yep, seventy five was when I joined. So that was just before. Okay. Yeah. So so you just missed it. This was a really fun game. Um, it's a game about building the train track. Up to the Snowdon to Snowdonia, this in the Snowdon Mountains in um, where is that? Somewhere in England, Af- Wales. And it is just a really fun game. It works well solo and multiplayer. Though personally, I enjoyed it solo more. Um, just a lot of interesting choices, and it's a fun game. It's been unavailable for a while though, hard to find, and it is on Kickstarter now from NSKN Games. Um, not the original publisher, but what's really neat about this is it's a super deluxified edition that has all the expansions that have been published before. Tony has printed a lot of expansions and very small runs that are suddenly no longer available. He's printed out a lot of different cards in the game. There's trains, engines that you could get. Um, during the game, you could have one engine, and he's published a lot of these little one-off cards by themselves. Like there's a, for example, there's a Cthulhu engine. <laughs> There's the, I forget what it's called, the Boydell Traction Engine, which is this funny-looking contraption for him. And, and there's other stuff. Some are goofy, some are serious. Um, all these were published once. Some of them were only published digitally, and you had to print it out yourself. This Kickstarter is going to include all of that. Basically, anything ever made for it, I, I think. And a new expansion. Jumbo the Circus Elephant? Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy and the little old engine that could... The, the Mrs. Larkin's washing machine. <laughs> yeah, some some of them are less serious, but you know they they all apparently work in the game, so you could use them, and they're going to give you some sort of benefit for taking it. Oh my gosh! <laughs> somebody somebody was having too much fun with these promos. Yeah, Tony. Well, I mean, like I said, he he's published these a long time ago, so this these have been in, around for age. Some of them have been around for ages, but uh. Yeah, it's going to be out. It's a deluxe edition. Now, the interesting thing is, from what it looks like, it's only going to be available through Kickstarter. If you're interested in it, you, you have to back it to get it. Um, does not look like it's going to go to retail. 
Um, it appears to have all the original artwork. Um, if they're changing it, the, the images on the uh, board are all images of the original board and all that. So I, you know, they're deluxifying part of the boards. Okay, I, yes, right there. I know they're making the board bigger. Currently, in in the game, when you play it, like you you lay out the tracks, the track path that you have to build on on cards. You set it up around the board. So the newer version is going to include space enough to put it on the board itself. And they're changing the simple pawns to meeples, right? Which is pretty neat. And they're including a ton of meeples. Ton of meeples yes, they're including meeples for every expansion. You know, it's not truly needed, but for like for example, when you play with a regular game, um, one of the expansions there's coffins. Instead of coffins, I'll just use this uh, this worker for it. The I think the surveyor or whoever it was I don't remember it right now. Um, for this, you're including little coffin meeples, so you don't have to use that surveyor guy or whatever. How ominous! <laughs> that well, yeah. You, I mean, you're taking uh, the dead. You're carrying the dead to wherever the resting place is. And if I remember, it's a necropolis, right? I think you're taking the dead to the big dead city. Oh, does that ominous yeah. thunder come in? By the way, over the mic. No, no, no. Can you hear it when it's thundering on my side? No, is it thundering there? Yeah, loudly. Oh, no, I didn't hear... Oh, I do hear that. But it's faint. I didn't realize it was thunder. Okay. The game is neat, though. It really is. It's it's historic in that you're building these tracks up to Snowdonia, but some of the other scenarios are the historical train tracks that have been built and laid. Some of them, like the... Uh, that necropolis one is just is more for more silliness than, than anything else. Um, but each expansion that I have played has felt extremely different. Totally changes what you have to try and do to win in the game and do well. <coughs> Excuse me. It's a worker placement game. Every every turn you feel like you, you got a lot of choice, a lot of very careful choices to make. If, if you enjoy sitting with the game and and over analyzing each move, this is a great game. For that, it works well solo. I played the multiplayer once. I had already played a lot solo. I did not enjoy the multiplayer experience because I found that those darn annoying other players kept doing what I wanted to do and messing me up. How dare <laughs> Right? <laughs> I mean, it's my game. How dare they? Actually, it was even my copy. How dare they get in my way? <laughs> so because of that, I found I had enjoyed the solo game more. It was, it was more thinky and a little less chaotic. But but it was, it's a good game all around. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that is on Kickstarter right now. It's ex- estimated delivery next year, next July. We said it's from NSKN. How much is this game? It's $88. You get mm-hmm. the deluxe edition and all the stretch goals. And I have no idea how many stretch goals they have or have met, but I bet it's a lot. Because they've raised a lot of money already, haven't they? $152,000 out of 45000 Yeah, I've... I've- <laughs> I'm actually almost tempted to back this, even though I already have the game, and, and I do have a few of the expansions. Yeah, I'm scrolling through the page. Oh, here we go. Oh, there's a nice chart showing you what the the original edition has and what the Deluxified edition has. <laughs> I've been scrolling. Live, reacting to the Kickstarter with Albert. Yes, and I've been scrolling for hours, and I finally got to the stretch goals. Yeah, there's lots of stretch goals. How's that? <laughs> Verified. <laughs> Most of them are unlocked so far. And hey, look, there's a, a picture of a fountain pen. 
in that Kickstarter page here for the $86,000 stretch go. I, I, Albert, that's because it's writing on the meatballs is what that is. <laughs> I know. It's what it, it doesn't bring a fountain pen, sorry. It's not your dream project. <laughs> it's a game with a fountain pen in it? How cool is that? Actually, that, that fountain pen shows up in multiple stretch goals now that I see. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so that's Snowdonia. It's a super awesome game. If you're more curious about it, go back and listen to episode 71. Actually, in that episode, I interviewed Tony Bodell. That was a really fun interview. I really enjoyed talking to him. I think it'd be worth going back and checking that one out just, just to hear him. He also has a super interesting blog on BGG. Have you ever followed it? Um, I think it's I called Every Man Needs a Shed or something like that. So that's Snowdonia. Do we have any other Kickstarters? So, Albert, I vote <laughs> that we take a train over to the bottom of a depths of a labyrinthine dungeon, find out what we can do, and shine some light on this game. Alright, so Four Against Darkness. This is a solo RPG. It's an actual oddness-to-goodness RPG game with leveling and everything, designed for one player. The reason it's called Four Against the Darkness is because in this game, you take four characters... Even though it's actually called Four Against Darkness, oh. not Four Against the Darkness. <laughs> you take four characters into a dungeon, and, and you control all four. It's going to be so much fun doing that to you every time you mess <laughs> it up. You can do that a lot, then. The, the game was written and illustrated by Andrea Sfiligoy. I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce the game. It might be, I don't know, like Polish or something like that. Anyway, um, so this game, it's a, it's just a, it's basically a book. It's like a, you know, a simple game rule book. Oops. Not basically, it is a book. Yeah. Or, or a PDF. I was dropping my son's phone. So yeah, this, <laughs> in this game, you, you could, it's a book, but you could also buy it as a PDF. Uh, you could get a POD book, print on demand book from Amazon, maybe from other places too. That's how I got my copy. And I know Drive RPG has a, a PDF that you could purchase. Um, so as I said, it's a dungeon crawl. It's a very simplified game, OSR-style dungeon crawl. That's a old-school role-playing. Um, and, and that's basically what the game is. Let's talk about the rules. Um, <laughs> so so the, the game is the rules, right? It's just a rule book. This is not the best rule book ever. <laughs> As a matter of fact, it could be, and I'm sorry to say, it could be one of the worst. Maybe I don't know. Um, and what I mean by that's just it's just poorly laid out. It's it's reading the rules. It's easy to follow, and everything makes sense. But when you're playing, things are just not well organized. Um, for example, page twenty, how to attack monsters, bunches of charts, other things. Page fifty one, how the monsters hit you back. <laughs> Figuring out how to do a combat requires a lot of flipping back and forth between pages. And, and you know, that's a little annoying. That that was, you know, maybe just a bad decision. Who knows? Bad editing, whatever. Um, And, and that is the one thing about the rule book I don't like. Otherwise, they're, they're very simple. Like I said, they're not hard to follow. There's sometimes where there are questions in that something is vague. Um, and I think that is sort of deliberate because when you're playing a game, for, I'm talking about from a... a role-playing perspective when you're playing a game with the dm a lot of times things are just very free form and there's a question the dm just decides right he'll just say oh no this is how it's going to be and that's the way it is and i think you go into this game with that mindset if you're not sure about something just make an executive decision how how it should be and keep going um i think when you take that mindset 
some of the things become a little bit easier. Um, the game, the rules do have a table of contents, which is nice. So it does help finding stuff. Though, though it isn't perfect because it only lists like the major sections and not necessarily the details in each section. Like, for example, I mentioned when monsters attack you back. That's the encounter section, right? So the, the table of contents lists its encounters. It doesn't tell you that that includes, you know, defense roles and things like that. But, uh, so anyway, so that's the rules. Um, hey, Julius, any, any comments so far? I mean, I think that the, the book is attempting to, I, I, I think this is what we call in marketing terms, the race to the bottom. I think that the book is attempting to be inexpensive and save money on things like graphic design and similar such, you know, nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, because why would we need to spend money on graphic design? And that's what I think it's trying to do. So in the fact that it doesn't have all that layout and stuff, that's probably the reason why. And I, I don't know if I can fault it too heavily. I just simply say it does. Yeah. I mean, I guess, yeah, don't fault it. Call it a charm of the thing. I, I do think some of the, what you're saying I think is deliberate choice to to give it that OSR flavor to it, right? Because the art does remind me of like the – Second edition D and D that I learned how to play D and D from, right? It, it's similar in style to that, similar in feel. Um, so, so in terms of theme, I think it, it helps it, but, but I think you're also right. I mean, I think some of it was probably you know cost cutting sort of. Who knows? Who knows? Did you said you have the the PDF version, right? Not the print version. Yes. Did you find that easy to flip through? I have a search. Okay, so I take that as a yes. <laughs> okay. So so these issues might be not as bad if if you're using a PDF. You know, with, with the print book it was a lot of flipping pages back and forth and, and trying to find the right page and whatnot. Um my search button doesn't work so well there. <laughs> um so theme Accio, yeah. this book. <laughs> So theme. How about theme? Um I mean it's a generic fantasy dungeon crawl. That's what it's trying to be, and I think it does it really well. I mean, you know, you're going, you're drawing maps, you're, I mean, you're exploring. It's trying to be super generic. My understanding is that the theme that it's trying to get is old school classic D&D, and it's trying to put on all of the feeling of old school that it can. And it gets old school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why I say the theme is is dead on right there. I'd say it does a great job of it. I, I, I would say that the gameplay continues into the theme because <laughs> the gameplay also feels like old school. So everything about the game pushes onto the theme. Yep. That's absolutely true. Um, I, you know, I, I don't know if there's anything else to say about the theme. So you have you do have six classes to pick from. Um, so you get some variety, and that's worth mentioning. And I think, I you know, I don't really remember the original D&D game so much, but I, it had classes, like one of the classes was a dwarf or an elf or a fighter. I think those were some of your classes. This has the same classes to pick from. So so I think it's more like the original D&D, more so than AD&D. Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. But yeah, I mean, there you go. That's the theme. Um, components! I mean, <laughs> you know, it's again, it's a book. We've been talking about the theme and components and everything all rolled up into one. So it's funny to, to go to our rubric and split these up. But yeah, I like the art personally. I like that OSR style art. It's, it's, it's goofy sometimes and, and that's kind of fun. Um, 
it, it brought back memories for me. Um, I already mentioned the quality isn't great for the print-on-demand book. That isn't their fault. That's really just Amazon's publishing method. That's when you when you buy one of their books, that's how they come. Um, there might be it might be available print on demand from other publishers. I don't know. And if so, you know, then I guess the quality depends on what they do. Um, yeah, that that's my components. How are your components, no, Julius? Well, I will say that the <laughs> components of the game is more. If you've ever played a Chia Pass game, oh, well, um, uh-huh. then the game is it, the game is telling you provide your own components. Similar to many print yeah. and play <laughs> games, the game is telling you provide your own components, and it's not making it very hard to get those. You need standard graph paper, pencil, and it doesn't require that. Much, and and two uh, six sided dice. It's not yeah. asking a whole lot from you, but you can certainly use some nicer things, make it look pretty. I, you know, I could totally understand, like, if I were to play this with my daughter, for example, that my dungeon would come out with, like, colored pencils and grass <laughs> yeah. and water, and it would come out looking much prettier. And I feel like some of the game, by involving you in sort of its component creation, helps somewhat to bring that out, I think. Yeah, I think I, that's 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 a good uh, point there, because a lot of the fun, I think, is just drawing the map and, and doing it. And if you look on, on BGG and you look at some of the, the game sessions people have played and they post pictures of their maps, you know, they put a lot of effort into into the style of the map and, and how it looks. And I think that adds a lot to the flavor of the game. You know, if you want the game to be fast and simple, you could draw it that way. If you want to be detailed, you could draw it that way. And it, it really, it's up to you at that point. Um, so in, in a sense, the quality of the components are up to you, right? You know, the PDF is a PDF, the book, again, it's Amazon, so that's what it is. Um, I will say that I went onto BGG on the games page in the file section. I found a, a handy printout, which is the character sheet on the top half of a sheet of paper and the map on the bottom half. So I have a single sheet that I could use. Yeah, there's some that do the same thing. I like to left and right one personally, but okay, sure. Yeah, <laughs> but lots. go go on BGG and find stuff for that because you'll find some, and you'll probably find something you like that makes it easy to use, and or not. I also I also used a notebook and I write all the monsters I fought in that notebook and cross them off as I killed them and whatnot. Um, but okay, so gameplay, um, so. <laughs> this game is it's fast and it's simple. I mean, you're you've got a few charts to go through. There's probably like maybe a dozen charts you use regularly in the book. You you know, you'll you'll draw the map as you go along, but you draw it by rolling two D six and it basically tells you what shape of room to draw and where the doors are. And so you add into the dungeon this way just by randomly rolling dice to add rooms. Um each time you enter a room you're gonna have an encounter. You're gonna again roll up in charts to find out what the encounter is. You might find monsters, you might find treasures or some sort of weird thing in the room like a somebody to give you a quest or something. Different things could be in there. Um, most of the time it's probably monsters. And <laughs> and you know it's for some kinda, reason I found most of the time it was empty for me. But was yeah. it okay. <laughs> okay, empty or monsters. I didn't get too many empties. Oh, most, I, I had just uh, yeah, and it's up to the dice, right? So you never know. I had one game with a lot of empty rooms. I had a uh, a few games with, I mean, I had a couple games that ended in the third room, just because of the die rolls. You know, super fast. Came across the boss and 
the game's over. You, the game plays basically until you find the boss and you fight the boss and then leave the dungeon. Um, and the the way you find the boss, it's it's random. You, you're rolling dice, and if you happen to get the right roll, that's the the end game boss. And so that could happen quickly, or it could take a while. Um, but anyway, combat itself is very simple. You roll a die for each character, and to see how much damage you do. You're not rolling to see if you hit or miss. You're just rolling to see how much damage you do. And if you do dam, and well, the amount of damage you do will tell you how many creatures you have. For example, if you're fighting creatures that have four hit points and you do 12 points of damage, you did enough damage to kill three of them. So you just cross three of them off right there. Um, so it's super simple. For for combat coming back the other way, you just roll for your defense. Each monster is going to attack you once and you roll for each character for each monster that attacks him to see if he defended or not. If he didn't, he takes a point. If he did, nothing happens. Um, so, so combat tends to be pretty fast, pretty simple. Just a, a lot of die rolling. That's what the game is. And this whole game is really just die rolling and, and occasionally drawing on paper. <laughs> I mean, that's the honest truth. Yeah. Is that, that, that is, that is the game is that you will draw on paper to make your room shape, randomly generate what's in the room, randomly roll to see if you hit or miss. And I think the hit tables on this are also the type that mean more often than not, you're rolling again to see if you can hit. As opposed to the ones that have a low hit number and you're constantly doing things, this is the one that you're constantly not doing things. You have to kind of keep rolling and rolling and rolling. At least that was my feeling. Yep. Because sometimes you'll need a five or even only a six in order to hit. And you're just like, okay, nothing happened. Do it again. That's right. Nothing happened still. Do it again. Yeah, so if a monster has six points and you and you roll a five, you didn't do enough to hurt it, hit it at all. Or six points of armor, I guess is what it is, or whatever. Or, or level. for them very frequently. Yep. So a lot of times it's just rolling. I, if you hit, then then it's always you do a point of damage. That is the gameplay. That is the gameplay. One thing... Okay, let's move on to the, the solo rules. The solo... Oh, I think you have an error. What do you mean? This is only a solo game. Yes! The, the rules tell you how to play solo, and guess what? Towards the back of the book somewhere, there's instructions on how to change up the game to make it a multiplayer game. That's how it needs to be. No, Albert. Uh-huh. Go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this Please, this is a, a, the perfect example of how to write a rule book. First, she teach a solo game, then show how to change it to play multiplayer. <laughs> and you well, and you can do that if you want to play multiplayer. Each you know you're, you're playing four characters. You could divvy up the four characters against four people. Um, there's not a lot to do other than rolling dice. I don't know that it'd be a great fun multiplayer game. But then again, you could split up the duties. So one person could be looking up at the tables, another one could be uh, rolling the dice. And if, if you get bored of doing one, you just want to have trade four books. <laughs> maybe you have four books. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Make printouts of your PDFs, or maybe just email the file to your friends. Right. <laughs> but uh yeah so so there you go solo out of the box um this this is going fast because this is such a simple game overview um so what do i think the game is light and it's fun for what it is i don't think it's a great game i think the that the hurdle and the rules kind of hurt it once you've worked through the rules once or twice and played a couple games, it's pretty simple and, and you won't have trouble. Really, by the second game, you already know how to do the combat really well. You may occasionally forget some rules and need to search for them in the rule book. But for the most part, it's, you know, 
It's pretty easy to figure out. If you're in the mood for just rolling dice, this is great. It's fun. You're going to draw a map, have a little adventure, and roll a lot of dice. It could be for me that I didn't have the same level of issues with the rules because I was one running it mm-hmm. as a digital version. So I didn't really have that issue with the rules. For me, I very much was able to just sit down and get started. And to me, I almost feel like that's part of the strongest part of this because especially, and, and that could just be where I'm holding right now is that I'm finding it difficult to, to sit down and get started during the week. Um, in order to be able to do something interesting and relaxing, this takes because of what it is. It takes almost no time to, to get started and go through it. You just pull out a sheet and you start going through it, and it feels relaxing. It doesn't feel strategic. It doesn't feel like you're doing real strong decisions. It feels like a dice roller, and you sort of have to get lucky. But for me, part of sort of I think the joy in this is just sort of relaxing and 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 feeling the old school theme just sort of wash over you as you are creating this dungeon and rolling through it and seeing what you do. And because it's so, it it feels very laid back. It Mm -hmm. feels very nostalgic to me. And that element just sort of feels like, you know, uh, like, like, Relaxing in, in the pool with the, with a game. It's, it's, it's just, it's a relaxing, it's a relaxing. It just sort of washes over you as you're going through it. And, and, and that's, that's how I feel about it. It doesn't feel involved. It doesn't feel like I'm putting effort and energy into it. I'm just, uh, I'm just here. Yeah. And it's, it's so low context for me that that's, that's okay. Mm-hmm. That's okay. And you it know, nothing to it. One thing I like about it, when you come across some of the small creatures, you you roll dice, and if you get some good rolls, you're gonna like I said, you're gonna do ten or twelve points of damage. You're gonna kill three or four creatures at a time, and that's that's satisfying. Say, oh wow, it was awesome! I just killed a bunch of them. Um, and if, if they don't hit that often, for me, I find they kept missing. So the combat tends to feel very satisfying and rewarding because it's it works in your favor most of the time. So so if, like you said, it's a, it's a fine light game. It's it's simple and it's satisfying that way. Um, there's a couple of things that we kind of left out, I'm noticing, that aren't even really in the notes here that we took. I took, you know, I'll take full blame for it. This is a campaign game, by the way. You actually do level up, and I did hint at that, and that's in the rulebook, right? When you finish your game, you're going to get some experience points, and potentially one of your characters is going to level up. You know, your wizard could learn new spells, your fighter will, will become stronger and whatnot. And, and as you level up, you could fight higher level monsters and whatnot. So there is that to it. You know, it you could come back and come back with the same characters over and over. And because you're generating random dungeons every time, it's not gonna be the same game twice. Um there's well. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna be the same game every time. <laughs> no. It's the same game every time. The room shape the shape of the rooms makes almost no real difference. It it only affects how you get to draw the map and, and the final look of it. But you're right, other than that, it has no real difference in it. Um, the fact that the room is an L or a straight. I did find, yeah, you're right, it makes no difference, but I did find that a few times, because of the shape of the map, I end up having to do more backtracking than in other games, and every time you go back into a room, there's always a chance of a wandering monster, so it, okay. so the, it did have a little bit of a change there, but no, you're right, it wasn't real, it was a big thing. One thing that I disliked about it was the vermin, 
Um, these are really minor creatures that attack in big numbers. And because they're vermin, you don't get experience points for them because they're just pests. And I, I found them annoying. You know, every time I, I roll up the chart to see what I'm finding, oh no, it's more vermin, little rats or little goblins, whatever it was in that case. Um, they're just annoying and it's just a bit of a pain to get through them. And it doesn't take long, but I hated it. I kind of wish that went faster and maybe it was more abstracted so you didn't have to do as many die rolls. Because if you're getting attacked by like, you know, 14 bats, it's <laughs> 14 die rolls you got to do. When they're probably all going to be misses. <laughs> so, so that was interesting. Um, everything other than vermin will give you treasure when you kill it, pretty much. Once you finish that that uh, scenario, um, there's a couple other things worth mentioning. There there are expansions for this game. I think there's like five or six of them. Some of them expand. The game is up to level five. There's at least one expansion that expands it beyond level five. And I think from from what they hinted in the rule book is that you may start using other dice instead of d6. You might get a d8 or d10, right? So your odds of hitting things are much better. Albert, I don't like that expansion. No? I haven't seen it. No, because there's one player podcast D6s, but we don't have anything for any of the other dice. <laughs> yeah, I was using my one player podcast dice too. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Forget that expansion. Throw it out. Um, but then there's another expansion I did buy. I haven't played it yet, but I bought it. It's called The Caves of the Cobalt Slave Masters. And this is an adventure, a specific uh, adventure you go through. And it works a little bit different than the base game. Instead of drawing random dungeons every time, this is more of a, a guided story. It's done in three parts. The first part, you have a map, and the different rooms in the map are already numbered. And you pick which number you want to go to as you explore it. So you, you're in this case, you're exploring a predefined dungeon. Um, the second scene is a random map. So you use the normal random map generation rules from the base game. But it has different tables for, for what you find in the rooms. Um, so it's going to be more thematic for the adventure. Then the third part is just a, a single fight from the look of it against a, a powerful boss. And they've changed the rules a little bit so how it works to make it more complex. But it's just a single fight. So so when you play this adventure, it's it's more guided, more scripted. But it you know if you're in the mood for a change from the typical rules, you could do this. And it's this specific adventure is for level 1 and 2 characters. So it's really for... Early on, I think in my game I've that I've played, I have characters that have gone through three adventures, and they're all still level one at this point. And that's because the oh no, somebody got level two. the The first time I got to level up, I failed the roll, so so I didn't level up. But yeah, there's that. There's like we said, different adventures, and I've heard and read on BGG. This is not much useful information there's another game that's similar to this but people say they like it better i tried finding the name of the game again i could not find it so you know um (laughs) it doesn't help anybody listening to this very much other than they know it exists maybe maybe not well let me bring it right down to you would you recommend the game yeah i would uh it's cheap and it's you know it's easy to play and like you said it's it's nice to pull out and just play without any any stress or pressure so I'd recommend yeah. it. I, again, I would warn because of my experience that the rules are going to be a bit of a pain to learn, with the, at least with a physical copy. <laughs> or if you have a low tolerance. Maybe you have a low um, tolerance, yeah. I, I think I would recommend it too. Just be aware that this is the sort of thing that you have to enjoy the nostalgia of this theme, and you have to want something that's 
low energy. <laughs> yep. If you're looking for something highly involved or you're not going to enjoy the nostalgia, you're not going to like the game. That's right, yeah. I wish there's a DM screen for this game. I mean, I know it's a solitaire game, so you don't have a DM, but I wish there was a screen that had all the charts on it. So I wouldn't have to flip pages. Because I imagine, even in the PDF, I imagine you're flipping back and forth sometimes, weirdly, because some of the charts in the book are in the middle, some of them are at the end. But there's bookmarks. <laughs> okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I need to get sticky notes or something and put them, stick them in my book. You know, that wouldn't be a bad idea. There you go. Modern technology will solve all that. Yep. <laughs> so there you go. That is Four Against Darkness. Um, Hope you enjoyed that. Albert, off into the night we go. Come to join us again in uh, two weeks for more board games. Yeah. Yay. Um... Thanks for listening. We love feedback, so we love hearing from you. You can reach me at Julius at OnePlayerPodcast.com or JLBird on BGG. And Albert can be reached at Albert at OnePlayerPodcast.com or Fractaloon on BGG. Our website is OnePlayerPodcast.com with the number one, and we're also on Twitter at OnePlayerPodcast. The intro music is copyright Angus, can be found at Gemendo.com. The transition music is copyright by Dan Elduce Pancaldi, whose page is at DanPancaldi.com. The One Player Podcast is protected under a Creative Commons share-alike license. Thanks for listening. For example, the list of the different spells you could have. Then there's rules for leveling up. Wow, that's thunder. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's rules for leveling up it on is page 46. down over here. You'll have to edit out the thunder, please. Well, I may leave it in there. People no, may, it's going to bother me. It's, it's a killer on headphones. No, do not leave the thunder in. It, it, okay, okay. It didn't sound that bad on my end. Um, I can't... Well, anyway. Um, so anyway, so...